Hello, and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Pekosek. And today we have an amazing guest joining us on the show. Her name is Adrian Tom, and she's going to be talking to us today about resumes. Adrian is an international award-winning executive resume writer and job search strategist. She founded Career Impressions in 2008, and since that time has produced thousands of career documents for some of the world's brightest business minds. Her advice has been featured in the Globe and Mail, Forbes, and Global News, and you can find her resume work published in five books, including Resumes for Dummies. Adrian recently teamed up with four other industry professionals to launch Job Search Secret Weapon, which is the simple solution for all types of job seekers, from new grads to professionals. Adrian and the team at Job Search Secret Weapon offer affordable monthly membership access to an arsenal of trusted job search resources, templates, and virtual coaching. Adrian Tom, welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. Thank you so much, Mike and Lisa. I'm so excited to be here. Glad you could join us. Tell us a bit more about how you became a resume writer and career storyteller. So I guess you could say my story started, you know, way back when I was studying in university. I graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in English, and I always thought I was going to have some sort of career that involved writing. And, you know, back then I thought it was going to be something like I'm going to be a copy editor or a technical writer. But when I graduated, there wasn't a lot of jobs in that space. And so I started exploring other options and I ended up working back on campus for the engineering internship program, helping students with their applications and their resumes. And eventually I went on to move over to the main career services center on campus. And again, I worked a lot with students on resumes and job search processes. And then after the birth of my first child, I really didn't want to return to a full-time job right away. So my husband, you know, actually suggested that I consider branching out on my own and offering resume services because a lot of people were coming to me on the side to ask for that. And I'm not going to lie, I was a bit reluctant because I'd never seen myself really working for myself or in that kind of space. But, you know, I did a lot of research and I did see that there was a need in the market for that. So I started developing my skill set and doing a lot of uh, professional development around resume writing and doing different certifications and the rest is history. I've been in business for about 12 years and I've loved every minute of it. That's amazing. That's amazing. I just love the, first of all, it always feels like such a jump to kind of step into something that we think is outside of our comfort zone. And then magically we discover, Oh, what a perfect fit this was all along. Would that be true for you? I would say so. Yeah. I think it, I kind of see it as like a full circle. I came okay. full circle. I wanted to be a writer and then I wasn't really one. And now I am a writer, but in a different way. And you're right. It was, I believe it was kind of meant to be, and it's an excellent fit. Amazing. So let's talk about resumes themselves. Why are resumes important? Well, you know, resumes are regularly used at some point in the hiring process, right, to help qualify candidates. Um, they are a personal marketing tool. They tell prospective employers about who you are as a candidate, what you're good at, and the potential return on investment that you offer if you're hired. So, you know, they're important in that aspect that they share that information. But what I see, you know, people, you know, going wrong with resumes is that they put a lot of pressure on the resume to do a lot of that heavy lifting for them in the job search mm -hmm. process. But honestly, you know, a resume alone won't get you a job. 
right? Job search is a process of many steps and many tools, and it looks different for every person. But again, at some point in the hiring process, a resume is likely to be called upon and analyzed. So you really do need a strong professional file that markets your personal value in your job search toolbox. I like how you use that word, personal value. That's something that I don't think when people look at themselves, I, I can sense how a lot of people are creating a profile that they think is appealing for the person who is going to read their resume, but forgetting that there are other things within them and their overall makeup that can be of value. Mm-hmm. And if that's, it's a bit of a roundabout way of saying that I think people miss some things about themselves as they're going about creating this document. Often, right? Yeah. And it's difficult if you're not doing it on a regular basis. Like if you're not looking for a job on a regular basis, you know, coming up with a good resume and writing about yourself objectively is a challenge, right? And you're not always sure what do I put in here and what matters and what matters to this company versus this company. Um, so it's a very strategic file, which I think a lot of people don't recognize either. I'm also glad that you touched on that the resume is used in other portions of the job search as well, because I know that. Some of my clients will be in the uh, informational interview stage and somebody will ask them for their resume just kind of as a starting point for the conversation. And people kind of forget about that too. That's right. And it's also, you know, when you're building your resume, I find it a good way to help you further, you know, understand your value. And then you can use that in translation in other aspects, such as when you're interviewing. So if you go into an interview, you might be more prepared because you've done some of that, you know, backend research to build the file um, prior. Yeah, that makes sense. Totally. Let's talk a little bit more about some of the challenges that people face when it comes to resumes. What do you see out there? Uh, I mean, the list is long. <laughs> you can imagine <laughs> after all these years working with resumes. But if I was to think about, you know, just two things, Top of the list for me, one of the biggest challenges, I think, or mistakes almost that people make is they write the resume very task-based. So the resume reads more like a job description. It's almost like people have just barfed out their responsibilities on a piece of paper and they're trying to just tell the employer, these are all the things that I've done in every past work position. But again, it doesn't really say a lot about you as an individual, right? Nor does it demonstrate that value or that return on investment that employers are looking for. So instead, you know, more people need to write results-based focused. Um, So yeah, you want to give a job overview of each position you've held, but you want to keep that, you know, pretty short and sweet. Instead, you want to share more specific results and achievements from throughout your career that, you know, allow the reader to better know who you are and your offerings um, in relation to some of those achievements and accomplishments Mm -hmm. that you've had. Mm -hmm. And then another thing that I think, you know, I see regularly that, is a big mistake that people are making with resumes is they're not customizing them um, for each application. And there is just really no way that one single stagnant resume file can possibly address the needs of all sorts of different applications and job openings, you know, even if they are related to the same job focus. You really want to address the needs of each separate audience and employer every time you go to apply and ensure that you're only sharing details related to that role. So I have a lot of people give me pushback on these two items, right? Mm-hmm. They say, well, Adrian, you know, it's a lot of work to um, A, come up with all of that information, you know, identify those results, and B, it's a lot of work to customize every time I apply for a job. But I say to them, you know, it's just like riding a bike. 
And you know, once you get it, it gets easier every time and you're gonna see um, a lot better results from doing it. Are there certain areas of the resume that are easier to customize than others? I think it depends on each individual. I mean, I would say the headline is easy, right? Mm -hmm. Align it with the job you're applying for. So that's an easy win. So let's say you're applying to be manager of engineering. Well, then the headline of your resume needs to say manager of engineering. And that's a quick and easy way to customize. Hmm. But really and truly, you need to customize throughout the file. You need to look at it with a discerning eye and say, you know, why have I shared this information? Is this language or this keyword relatable to the audience at hand? So the different employers that are going to read it. And if it's not, then it just needs some massaging or maybe it needs to be swapped around in order to be more relevant. That makes sense. Makes a lot of sense for sure. That's great. So you've kind of hit on some of the main points of what makes a good resume. And I can really resonate with you in terms of I've been guilty of producing very uh, task based (laughs) resume documents, certainly in the past. I think I'm getting better at that now as I get a little bit older, but it almost sounds, it reminds me a little bit of if you're a salesperson and when you're applying for a job, you really are selling yourself. It's almost like shifting the conversation away from features to benefits and the benefits that you have brought to previous jobs. Would that be a fair sort of analogy to make? Yeah, that's a really good example, Mike. I like that. It's true. It's about the benefit you bring to each um, employer. Mm -hmm. It's about the value that you have to offer them. It's about the return they're going to get from hiring you, right? Every employer reads the resume with one primary question. What's in it for me if I hire you? And their needs are unique. So you always have to position what you have to offer in relation to those needs. And again, like you said, demonstrate the benefits to them. It almost sounds, because I, I can, as soon as you said that before of customizing all the resumes, I immediately thought back to my job searching self and thinking, you know, oh my goodness, that would take so much time. But the way that you talk about it, it sounds like it would actually save you time doing it that way because you wouldn't be applying to as many jobs necessarily. You might be going for quality Right. Quality versus quantity is important when it comes to job search. But also, you know, with the resume and customizing the file, you're right. It, it does. It is. It isn't as hard as you think. Um, and it, you would get better at it the more that you kind of practice and, and put that into play. Yeah. I don't know if I touched on everything that you just asked. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I kind of asked it in a roundabout way because um, I think the benefits, like asking about the benefits mm-hmm. and that kind of thing it just made me think of how easy it would be to customize if you really focus on what the benefits are to the employer. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's really, a, I like to say it's like an apples to apples approach, right? Write your resume apples to apples. So take a look at everything you've put in the file and make sure it relates in some way, shape or form to the target. So that the posting that you're interested in, and you might apply to a lot of jobs, but one of the, the best strategies is to really create a stellar starter file. So, you know, a really good base resume that you're really confident in and you know is, you know, professionally developed and you can then build on to or off of as you move forward in your travels. And therefore, you're not having to kind of put the resume together from the ground up every single time you apply for a job, which can mm-hmm. be very time consuming indeed. And that makes sense. Very interesting strategy. I like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
how can a bad resume hurt you aside from <laughs> being ignored? Like what, what else can happen? You know, I think it just comes back to opportunities lost. Yeah. Um, it could be your dream job on the line, right? And you might not ever even get selected for an interview if you apply with a poor resume. Um, you know, as I mentioned, you are often competing against dozens of others in the job application process and your resume, if it isn't formatted correctly, if it isn't tailored or customized, or it only includes, you know, really basic information, there's no results in there, you know, it's likely going to get passed over. Things need to be really clear to the reader if you want them to seriously consider you as a potential candidate. So using a bad resume can, you know, result in, you know, crickets, basically. You can be applying for all sorts of jobs and not get anything back. So, I mean, I always say, think about your competition. What are they using? In a big pile of applications, is your resume gonna stand out in both content and design? If it's not, then it's hurting you because it's not working for you. Cool, can you dive into what just really quickly, like standing out from a design standpoint, we've mm -hmm. talked about the content side of things a bit, but like if you wanted to make a, a resume really stand out from a design element, what would that kind of look like? So I would say approach it, you know, with a grain of salt. I mean, you don't want to go too crazy mm -hmm. or over the top. I think that can actually work against you a little bit. I see a lot of people think, well, if my resume is really fancy or it's got all these elements inside of it, then it's sure to capture attention, but it can also be really distracting and then work against you. You know, a well-designed resume is put together again, strategically. Um, you're thinking about what your audience is looking for. You're laying out content in a way that helps naturally guide the reader's eye. You're helping showcase some of your major achievements or accomplishments in, you know, maybe a call-out box or a chart or a graph. Those small elements can really be eye-catching and they can work to your benefit, again, if they're applied, I guess, in the right format. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Making sure the most important points are communicated and not lost in the design. Exactly. You don't want it yeah. to get buried in all sorts of like graphics and color right. and, and craziness. And I do see that a lot where people <laughs> think it really does have to be that way, but ultimately it's a fine line. You're, you're trying to find that great balance between, you know, appeal in the visual format mm -hmm. and appeal in the content itself. This is kind of a, a random question off of that, but I mean, I've heard of people sending resumes on all sorts of weird things, like sending a sandwich with a resume or, you know, stuff like that. What, what do you think of that? You know, if it works for them, then good for them. That's what I think. I okay. really think in today's job search world, you really have nothing to lose by, you know, thinking outside the box a little bit. Um, and again, you know, the resume itself, it's difficult to always get eyes on it. And people expect, you know, if I'm applying for a position online, then I'm naturally going to get some attention. And that's not always the case, right? There's a lot of factors involved. Mm -hmm. So if you're finding a roundabout way to get, you know, eyes on the resume, and if that means you're creating something a little bit unique, or you're delivering it in a unique fashion, then it, it could potentially work for you. I'm not saying it's going to work for everyone, but um, it has for different people for sure. Okay, fair enough. Very cool. If you had to boil it all down to one correction that you've made to resumes throughout your career, what do you think that top correction would be? 
you know, I like to pride myself in my work on my ability to press clients for those, you know, further details and career facts so I can help elevate resume details. So I would say the biggest correction that I'm making when I work with clients or helping them is shifting the focus away from, you know, here are some of my job duties, which is just, you know, a basic approach to resume writing that a lot of people do to here are some well thought out meaningful results, rich examples that showcase my abilities and demonstrate my value in relation to your role. So I'm helping, you know, transition from a flat, basic file of facts to a compelling, interesting, measurable marketing tool. So a lot of people say to me, well, Adrian, I don't have any results, you know, but honestly, regardless of role or career level or job that you've held, everyone has done something well and it's just about identifying those achievements and knowing how to qualify which details to share and know which details might not matter in that moment. Amazing. Yeah, I can definitely. And the, the visual of moving from a flat static <laughs> file to something that is dynamic yeah. and a little more alive and has an element of personal marketing, which I know you've hinted at That's right. uh, to it. That's yeah, a I huge really mind important. shift. For sure. Like you got to just, there's so many people that write their resume thinking, you know, I just have to put some basic, you know, facts on a piece of paper and it's going to do all the work for me. And it's evolved a lot. You know, employers are, have higher expectations and they expect to see that, you know, you've put a lot of thought into this file and it does demonstrate who you are and how it benefits them. How are resumes and earning potential linked? It's a good question. You know, honestly, I think it all circles around the ability to position yourself for roles with higher earning power or earning potential. So a good resume will help you get noticed and potentially secure a good job that supports your overall career plan. Um, you know, a good resume might be able to help you land a higher role sooner or faster, which is more money in your pocket immediately. Plus, you might be better positioned for pursuit of even higher level positions in the future. And a good resume supports your career management plan, right? So it, you might need to get your foot in the door, let's say, to um, get a short-term role, such as let's say I want to be the manager of engineering right now. Um, and so if you have a really good resume, it helps you get that job, but really it's helped setting you up for maybe your long-term career goal, which is to become the vice president of engineering. So bad resumes, on the other hand, can negatively impact your earning potential because again, like we talked about, there, there's opportunities lost. You're using a bad resume, it might be mean that you have a longer search and therefore you have lost income in the process or you're settling for a job that you don't love or doesn't pay as well because you used a bad resume and it didn't result in the results you wanted. Or it could be you know, longer time to move up the career ladder overall. So you really want to use a good resume to help set you up for short-term and long-term career success. Love it. Dear listener, if you have been downplaying the importance of your resume in your life and career, <laughs> I hope you now realize that the stakes are much higher than you thought and are tuning in oh, very too carefully. Much pressure. <laughs> no. I'm going to start sweating. <laughs> no. But I, I do think that it's something that people overlook pretty easily and it can have a really big impact on their career in the long term. You're right. I think people tend to take resumes a little bit too casually in the mm -hmm. process. And again, they're not the end all be all, right? They're not the silver bullet to get you that job, but they're certainly important in the process. Like we talked about, 
You need to have one ready and you want to have one that's, you know, a strong representation of who you are and what you're good at. Um, that's what you want employers to know about you. So put that together, put the time in it up front, and you could find that it has good returns for you in the long term. You've talked a bit about uh, personal marketing and personal branding, which a lot of people hear as kind of a buzzword these days. What is personal branding or personal marketing? So it was interesting. I actually read something yesterday that summarized branding and marketing in a really interesting way. It was shared by Business Mindset on Instagram, and it said marketing versus branding. Marketing is like asking someone out on a date. Branding is the reason they say yes. So in a job search, this could be translated to marketing is asking the employer to hire you, and branding is one of the reasons they say yes. So your personal brand in a nutshell is just who you are. It articulates who you are, what you do, and how you do it. So I think you're right, there's a lot of um, stigma around it that this is a big, scary thing. But, you know, and the, the key with personal branding is authenticity. You don't wanna give mixed messages or signals by trying to cover off all sorts of things that are not authentic to you. Um, you really need to understand yourself um, and then you have to understand how that brand relates to different audiences or different employers throughout the job search process. Great. Do you think that people should tailor their brand to a company or look for companies that are tailored to their own brand? I think you should always look for companies that are well aligned with yourself and your needs and requirements because ultimately they're not going to change for you. Mm -hmm. But I think when you're trying to market yourself to companies, you want to understand how your personal brand relates to that. And then you want to um, demonstrate that, that link. You know, you can't leave it up to the employer to try to figure out. You need to lay it out for them and you need to be clear. So if they're looking for something really particular and that is part of your brand, then you need to tell them. You need to let them know. Awesome. Like that. Yeah. No, I... And if you ended up in a situation where you're working for a company that has values that are so different from yours, I would imagine that you probably wouldn't stay very long. It just probably wouldn't be a good fit. Yeah, you're yeah. right. In the long term. I mean, in the short term, it might be a job and you might be okay with that. But you're right, Mike. Like at some point, if there's value misaligned, then you're not going to be as happy or potentially as successful. And you really want to consider you know, that aspect of, you know, which companies are a good fit for you when you're doing your job search for sure. Cool. Very neat. The world of work has changed a lot over the, the last several decades. What strategies no longer work for job seekers who are looking for interviews? You know, I think at the top of the list for me is the spray and pray approach. So that's where people rely solely on job boards they're sending out hundreds of applications and then they're just sitting back and they're waiting it's a very passive approach and today's job search needs a more active approach and honestly you know people hire people so people need to be a big part of a modern job search strategy and this includes consistent networking researching informational interviews. You really want to aim to connect with and get, a, get in front of decision makers who can help you with where you want to be in your career or what type of job you want to do. And I'd also say like too many people are putting too many eggs in one basket. 
So they're relying again, maybe too much on the resume itself, and they're not diversifying their overall job search approach. You know, and what a successful job search looks like is different for different people. So what works for me if I'm out job searching might not work for Lisa and Mike might have a different approach that works best for him, but really it's being open to trying several strategies and having strong tools at the ready. Mm-hmm. Makes tons and tons of sense. It makes me think almost of different types of businesses too. Like when you're out starting a business, you have all sorts of different strategies that you're trying. Some of them work, some of them don't, but you still want to try them and see what works best for you because you won't really know until you try. Right. And there's just no magic formula, right? If there was, it would just be like, do A and B and C would be, you get a job. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that's just not how it works for most people. So if you have to try A, B, C, D, E, then you should at least have those lined up and know what they look like and have them as part of your plan so that you're comfortable exploring them and executing them as needed. I like that for sure. Very sort of an entrepreneurial approach, very proactive and self-starter based in terms of, as opposed to what you were talking about earlier being taking the very passive approach, which, yeah, I mean, I know when I have gone that route for myself, it has yielded virtually zero results. Right. And I mean, it used to work well, I think many years ago to be Mm -hmm. more passive in a job search, but it just doesn't work that way anymore. Right. With the implementation of technology in the hiring process, it's, it's, even trickier to get noticed in a search. And so you do have to really try to engage with individuals and the right individuals who can help you uh, to get to the end result that you want. Cool. Cool. I think that's really important too, because when I think about some of the clients that I've worked with, they tend to get really um, discouraged almost when they're sending out, they're like, I've sent out a hundred resumes and I'm not getting anything back. (laughs) So it's good to hear that that's, you know, that's not the only way of going out there and doing it, but there's other portions and also that you know, you're not alone if that, if you're not getting responses. Right. And it's interesting. I hear a lot of people say that Lisa, they say, you know, I've sent out a hundred applications and I haven't heard anything. And so I usually say, well, out of, you know, those resumes, again, how many of them are customized? Um, you know, how many people did you talk to in the process? Have you engaged your network? And it's amazing how many people say no to all of that. They've just, you know, used the passive approach. They've sent out hundreds and they're getting frustrated mm-hmm. and they're discouraged. And it's unfortunate because they just need to pivot a little bit in their strategy and they might see different results. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. When it comes to resumes for someone who's been in their career a lot longer uh, than someone who's just starting out because it, maybe it makes sense or more sense for a younger person who's a little more generic and and less developed in their skills to have like a a more basic file, but you can correct me if I'm wrong on that. Like what tends to happen as far as the evolution of a resume to match the evolution of a person's career as you go to like the executive Mm -hmm. resume level? So I would say, you know, it might be detrimental to say I'm new Mm-hmm. And early in my career, and I, I can have a simpler file. And by simpler, you will naturally not have as much career history to list out or maybe as many examples, but you want to take that same strategic approach with it regardless of career level. Got it. So that same strategy is, you know, 
understand who you are, understand what you bring to the table, find a couple solid examples that back you up, right? You need to provide the proof of skills that you claim to have because employers aren't going to take notice as much of just basic content. And so obviously as you progress in your career, it gets a little bit easier because you have more examples to draw from. But even a student has done things well and they just might need a little encouragement around, you know, what does that look like? What kind of examples could they potentially draw from? For example, you know, maybe they don't have any work experience, but they have lots of volunteer experience and they've generated some good results or impacts in their volunteer work that can be leveraged in the resume, you know, and strongly represent different skill sets they bring to the table. They don't just need to say, you know, I work well with teams. Maybe they can give a really solid example that they worked with a team of 15 uh, to bring together a major fundraising event for one of the volunteer organizations they worked for, and they were able to raise X amount of dollars. You know, that's a really specific, solid example that employers would, you know, probably rather read than just saying, you know, I'm a good team player. Love it. Yeah. And I'm glad you, you pushed back on my slight uh, <laughs> assumption that maybe young people can get away with doing less. You know, they clear- can do less content like less length but yeah don't sell yourself short you no matter where you are in your career you are good at something and you need to showcase it awesome i'm all for that too i was reading a really interesting article in the wall street journal the other a couple weekends ago and it talked about how the world of work in the future what it might look like in terms of how long our careers are going to be I think there was a point in the article where I read that there are some actuaries that are calculating um, their, all their pension calculations are going to be based off of, for people who are entering the job search now, the kind of early 20 something, Mm -hmm. there might be a a life expectancy of about 125, which I I was really blown away by when I read that. I I don't know if that's, I doubt that's everywhere in the world that that's happening. But when when you look at people looking at longer careers mm-hmm. um, than what we've experienced in, in the past 20, 30 years, what do you think resumes might look like 30, 40, 50 years down mm-hmm. the road? I, I'm inviting you to just sort of dream and, and guess here. Speculate, hey, because I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I think if we were to compare about, you know, maybe where how they've evolved already. Yeah. And they have evolved immensely, right? Even in the last decade since I've been in business resumes have changed a lot. They used to be, like I said, just a really basic file, really basic in appearance, really basic in content. And now they're a lot more strategic. So I think, you know, that theme's going to carry forward. You know, even if you have a long career, ultimately, even if you have a long career right now, you're not listing absolutely everything on your resume. You know, it's not an everything ever done. It's, you know, strategically focusing usually on the last 10 to 15 years of work history Uh, giving those related examples and achievements. And I can see that still being important in the future, especially if you've had, you know, a really long history and there's different strategies you can take with a resume. If you've had a long career history and let's say you have a position that was held 30 years ago, but it's still really relevant to the kind of job you want to do now. Well, you don't need to lay out your entire job history to go all the way back to that 30 year mark. You know, there's different strategies you can take to kind of mine out some of those achievements from earlier roles and position them in the file. So they're still being shared, but you're not necessarily having to go through the entire career chronology. So I can see in the future that's still being really relevant. Cool. 
Yeah. And I mean, we'll only know what it's like when we get there. When we get there. That's right. And things change on a dime and technology, I think will play a big hand in it. I think a lot of people are using LinkedIn a little bit more in their job search and it's carrying a little bit more weight in the job search process. It's kind of like an online resume. It's not a resume, but you know, it, it's certainly not something to overlook. And so we may see that having a little bit more importance in the future as well. Very cool. So I was looking at your LinkedIn profile. You have a very impressive LinkedIn page. So this kind of ties nicely to the last question. Um, you have a lot going on. So what are some of the strategies that you use and the habits that you have to make sure that you're staying on top of things and really being as successful? You know, I really wish I had a magic formula here <laughs> that I could share about you know how I'm keeping all these balls in the air some days. But, you know, I think the things that I'm involved in and the fact that I've got all these, you know, irons in the fire is just a, you know, reflection of how I'm programmed and who I am. I'm not sure if you've done your like Gallup, you know, Clifton Strengths Finder, the skills assessment, mm -hmm. but you know, I've done mine and my top skills are discipline, consistency, and I'm deliberative. And I think that just really helps me stay on track with all the different things I have on the go. You know, I'm very orderly and structured which helps me stay on top of, you know, multiple initiatives. And I'm a big fan of to-do lists and meeting my deadlines. So if I tell someone, you know, that I'm going to come through for them on something at a certain time, you know, I really work hard at that. Um, and in return, I expect that from others. And I really do help try to keep myself accountable with goal planning and not being afraid to revisit things that aren't working and seeking out uh, solutions or tools that can bring efficiencies to my work or improvements to my business. So I think I just have to have an open mind around that, even though I am pretty structured and, and rigid at times with my processes, at the same time I'm open uh, to learning and, and, and always trying to be open to learning new things. Cause I think that's important for anyone at any career level in any type of work that they do. Uh, can help a lot. If you're not growing, you're dying. That's what I would say. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> a little That's extreme, really cool. but I love it. Yeah, I I can appreciate that that mindset a lot for sure, because it's clearly over time. I feel like there's been a compounding of habits that you've put together to bring you to where you are now. I, I, would Would you say that's accurate yeah, in your case? I mean, I think that's fair for most people, right? Yeah. You, you learn as you go and you adjust and refine. So I, you know, again, it's hard for me to say it's just this magic formula and A and B made me get to where I'm at, but you know, a lot of hard work and perseverance will get people places they never thought possible for sure. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And you've gotten there with lots of humility too, which is pretty cool. Oh. Lisa, we, uh, sorry, Adrian, we have some questions that we love to ask all of our guests that come onto our show. And so uh, Lisa will take it from here with these questions. Yeah. So the one question that we like to ask, because people forget about having fun in their careers sometimes. So what would you say is the most fun that you've had in your career? Well, this is tricky for me. I don't know if I could pick like one moment in time that was the most fun because I've had a lot of fun you know honestly since I branched out on my own it's been kind of one big adventure ride for me mm. you know as I mentioned I never really saw myself as an entrepreneur and so it's been a big learning process over the years um, and the, you know 
in some way, I like to watch how my work helps others succeed in their careers. That's fun for me. You know, and I wouldn't be able to dedicate myself to this process or the work that I do or the businesses that I'm involved in if I wasn't seeing some sort of return. And that return for me is clients who are gaining confidence in themselves or going on to win big roles. You know, those moments are really validating and where I feel like I'm having a lot of fun with my work. And I'd also say, you know, over the years, getting to know about so many awesome jobs and careers, you know, there's not a lot of professions that I haven't worked with since I've been in this business. And every client that I speak with brings something new to the table. And each person teaches me something new about the world of work. So I'd say overall, that's pretty fun. Very That's cool. awesome. That does yeah. sound really fun. Okay, yeah. good. Because <laughs> it's, like, it's not just like <laughs> yeah. one example. It's kind of the overall. So I'm kind of dancing around it. But yes, I would say overall, there's lots of fun in the work that I do. That's fantastic. Cool. So on the opposite side of that, what would you say is the biggest risk that you've taken in mm. your career and how did it turn out? So 100% hands down was deciding to go out on my own and start career impressions. You know, I still remember... 12, 13 years ago, doing some market research when I was thinking about getting started. And I, I asked a few people about my business idea to get feedback. And a few people said to me, that will never work. No one's going to pay you to help them with their resume. And that feedback really stuck to me. You know, I'm pretty risk adverse by nature and I'm careful about where I put my energies and I certainly didn't want to fail. But at the same time, you know, I really believed in the service offering. And I believe in all of the business work and all the businesses that I'm involved in currently. And I will give everything I've got to see something succeed before I stop doing it. So, you know, when I look back, it was a big risk, but, you know, I appreciate the feedback that I got at the time because it was a bit of a driver and a motivator for me to keep going. And it taught me how to take negative feedback and use it to my benefit and everything's turned out great. You know, business has been far more successful than I thought. It's far exceeded my expectations. And so I'd say that was a risk that has paid off. Amazing. Very neat. Sounds like you really succeeded at having that chip put on your shoulder and then just running with it. Or, you know, just a little bit of pressure of people saying like, that's not a good idea. And then you know, really having to have the strength to stand behind it, mm -hmm. despite that kind of feedback and say, yeah. you know, I'm going to give it a try anyways, and I'm going to give it all that I have. And then to see it kind of grow and build has been validating for sure. Fantastic. I can definitely relate to that in my own career as well. When I was going from accounting into coaching and people were kind of like, is this really what you want to do? Right. Is it, you know, what, what are you getting into? But the more that I was able to explain my story and talk about my why it actually strengthened me and my conviction as well. So I can definitely relate to that. And it's so important, right? To, to believe in yourself and yeah. no one's going to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself. So I think that's really an important point, Lisa, that you learned how to stand behind your why. And then it's probably had good returns for you as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So the last question is, um, what is the best piece of career advice you've ever received? So I once read an article way back in my early business days when I was feeling completely overwhelmed with, you know, balancing a new family and a new business. And I can't remember where the article was from or who wrote it, but it really resonated. And it said something along the lines of, um, you won't always be able to jump on every wave or every opportunity that comes along. 
And it's okay to say no and work at your own pace and build your career or your business in a way that makes the most sense for you because there will always be another wave. And that really resonated because I, I just needed a reminder that I wasn't missing out because I couldn't escalate my business or grow it um, to a point that it was kind of demanding at the time because I had other obligations. And from that, I created a personal motto, which is slow burn. And slow burn is something I share with other, you know, new business owners or people who are starting something new in their lives to let them know it's okay to do things at your own pace. There is a lot of pressure out there to grow and achieve instant success in your job and your career and your work. But for various reasons or factors that might not be realistic. And you are no less successful for going things at a slower pace or doing what's right for you, but you just need to keep that fire burning. And so that's something that I have taken to heart and um, I carry forward with me and everything that I do. Amazing. I am so glad you shared that. That really resonated with me. Thank you. Okay. I hope it helps, right? Slow burn. It's okay. Just keep that fire going. You don't have to like, you know, make a giant bonfire (laughs) the minute that, you know, you have an idea. Uh, But I think there's a lot of pressure out there, right? We all feel that pressure at times to to just be like super successful overnight and you know, your turn will come. Just keep working at it. Amazing. Tell us a little bit about where people can find you. So if they are a senior level professional looking for executive resume writing services, um, then you can check out my services on my primary company website, which is career impressions. And my website is careerimpressions.ca. And you can also reach out to follow me on pretty much most major social media platforms. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. But if you're a job seeker that's not senior level or you're a student, let's say, and you're looking for quality job search resources or support, then the team and I at Job Search Secret Weapon can help. We're also on a variety of social media platforms and our website is jobsearchsecretweapon.com. Fantastic. We will definitely toss links to the sites and your social media handles into our show notes. It would be our pleasure. You have been super generous with your time and your insight today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mike and Lisa for having me. I really appreciate it. Amazing. I think we'll call it a day on that, Lisa. Sound good to you? Yeah, sounds great. Cool. Okay. Hopefully I gave you enough to work with. You certainly did. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Our guest, Adrian Tom, was phenomenal. As you can tell, please go check out her work. It was a pleasure. Hopefully, Adrian, we get you again on the show one day. It would be phenomenal to learn from you once again. Would love that. For right now... I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Pekosek. She was Adrian Tom. This was the Career Builders Podcast, and we will be with you again soon. Bye for now.